What's up, Videolanders? I'm your host, Brad Hawkins. Welcome to another AV Quickie. Also, just a reminder, if you like this episode, you can find more episodes at adventuresinvideoland.com or on our Facebook at Adventures in Videoland. We are critics with attitude, which means this episode might contain explicit content. Anything goes when you're in Videoland. Sometimes you might get some inappropriate language, some locker room talk. So if you're easily offended, this might not be the podcast for you. All right, guys, I have so many thoughts concerning No Time to Die and Daniel Craig's run as Bond, so I'm going to try to rein in my thoughts as much as I can because this review could go on for at least an hour. I'm going to try to keep this review under 10 minutes. Uh, We'll see what happens. But first off, um, I've always supported Daniel Craig as Bond. I remember when Munich was in production, Steven Spielberg's Munich, and there was a lot of talk about Daniel Craig being Bond then. And if I remember correctly, he was up against people like Orlando Bloom, um, a few other big-name people in 2005. Back then, I said that Daniel Craig would make an awesome James Bond. And I think he was. I thought he was a great Bond who starred in some very uneven movies. He had his highs, he had his lows. More lows than high, in my opinion. I love Casino Royale. I really enjoyed Skyfall, although it borrowed a lot from Dark Knight. But I still enjoyed Skyfall quite a bit. I hated Quantum of Solace, hated Spectre, and I think No Time to Die has more in common, unfortunately, with the lows with Quantum of Solace and Spectre. And all the Bonds have had highs and lows, but out of the five Craig Bonds, three were completely boring as hell, and two were great. I wasn't a fan of his run when you look at it as a whole, so I'm glad this version of Bond is done. It's in the books, and now we can move forward. Um, it's time to make Bond fun again. Let's get back to the gadgets. Let's get back to what makes Bond Bond. There's moments in this franchise where they start to have fun with the gadgets, and then they stop. They don't commit. And I'm like, embrace the franchise. Embrace what makes Bond Bond. I think there were some good moments. I even think there was a good henchman with Dave Bautista, Inspector, even though that movie sucked. And let's get back to one-off adventures. Solo adventures. Not all these movies have to connect. I think something else that hurt this franchise for me was they're all connected. I hate Spectre. I think Spectre is one of the worst James Bond movies ever made. And this movie is a sequel to Spectre. So you inherit that mess of a movie. So No Time to Die already had a bad mark going against it before it even started. And I always say, own your bad babies. You've heard me say that numerous times on Adventures in Video Land. Own your bad babies. Build off what didn't work and move forward. But they didn't do that here. They just made more of the same. They didn't even try to fix Blowfield. I'll touch on that later. But overall, with No Time to Die, I got more Quantum of Solace and more Spectre than I did Skyfall or Casino Royale, and that's a shame. They already had a good blueprint. I think the general consensus is Skyfall and Casino Royale are the best of Craig's movies, so I don't know why you make more of Quantum of Solace and more of Spectre. I think Daniel Craig deserved better. So I'm glad this is his last movie, and hopefully we can move on with someone who makes Bond fun again and who wants to make Bond exciting again. And you know, I think this last decade, this last decade, Mission Impossible has taken the spotlight from the Bond franchise. I think they have the same problem where the movies are all connected, but at least I enjoy all the mission movies. I do wish that Ethan Hunt would go on a new adventure that's not connected to the previous movies, but at least with the Mission Impossible movies, at least they're consistent. They've been more interesting, more entertaining than Bond. 
this last decade at least, Bond needs to take the spotlight back and give Tom Cruise a run for his money. I would love to see another great James Bond movie. So I'm glad the Daniel Craig movies are done and they're in the books and we can move on. All right, let's break this down. Um, I'll talk about the things that worked for me and the things that didn't work for me. I do have quite a few positives, but overall, I wasn't a fan. So let's talk about my positives. Um, I think the first 15 minutes of No Time to Die is about as good a 15 minutes that you can get from a Bond movie. The first 15 minutes, man, it was exciting. It was fun. You get some awesome car action. It reminded me of old school James Bond. The car has Gatling guns coming out, bulletproof windows. You get a little motorcycle action. I was having fun. I remember sitting in the theater and thinking, this is going to be a fun last Bond movie for Daniel Craig. I'm excited. Unfortunately, after that first 15 to 20 minutes, the movie takes a nosedive and it never recovers. You know, we'll clump that with my negatives. But moving on with positives, though, uh, the music hit. You feel the Bond music. You feel the Bond theme. Uh, the song No Time to Die by Billie Eilish, solid. It's no Skyfall. It's no Goldeneye or, uh, or Goldfinger. I think those are my three favorite Bond songs, but it's definitely a solid Bond song. And uh, they also lifted my favorite Bond song from Her Majesty's Secret Service, We Have All the Time in the World by Louis Armstrong. It was so awesome to hear that in the theater, the music cues, and then also the song itself. Like, I actually called out the music cues. I looked over at my wife. I'm like, that's We Have All the Time in the World by Louis Armstrong. Uh, so I love that. It was awesome to hear that in the theater. I just wish the song wasn't wasted in a mediocre Bond movie. All right, more positives. Um, filming in real-world locations. It's always a plus and something that all the Craig movies did right. Um, in this movie here, we went to Italy, Jamaica, Norway, London, and uh, the movie looks amazing. Daniel Craig's movies, in my opinion, are the best-looking movies in the franchise, hands down. All right? That's something they have locked in. So I appreciate that. I hope that the next James Bond shoots in real-world locations and it's not just all shot in, like, Pinewood Studios. The real-world locations and No Time to Die were great. Uh, the title. I love the title, No Time to Die. Actually, I think all the Craig Bond movies have good titles. And Daniel Craig looked great. He was in shape. He came to play. He's not phoning this in. I just wish his last movie was more Skyfall or Casino Royale than Spectre or Quantum of Solace. And one last thing. I thought it was really cool that they actually had the balls to kill off James Bond. All right, that's a unique beat for Daniel Craig. So I appreciated that. Now, my negatives. This is the longest Bond movie at almost three hours long, and I felt it. I felt every single minute. There was one point I looked over at my wife, and she said there was an hour left. And I'm like, how the fuck is there an hour left? Go in, save the girl, defeat the bad guy, and let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> All right? The movie went on forever. And as I mentioned in my positives, the first 15 minutes are fantastic. The first 15 minutes plays like a slasher movie. And then off to an awesome chase scene in the streets of Italy. But after that, there's no interesting chase scenes. There's no interesting action beats. It was just downhill. The energy was gone. There's nothing memorable after those first 15 minutes. And I don't need nonstop action, guys. Give me something interesting like one of the card games in Casino Royale. Give me something, anything to keep my interest. Let's see, continuing with negatives. Um, I'll go right down the cast list. Uh, let's start with Rami Malek. I thought he was an interesting choice to play the villain, but he was hardly in it. He had a great opening scene, which I don't even know if that was Rami Malek behind the mask in the opening scene. It probably just a stuntman. 
Um, but Rami Malek shows up in the second act for a few minutes, and then he shows up in a completely boring third act with absolutely nothing to do. Again, interesting choice. And by the trailers, I thought Raimi was going to kill it. I would have bet money on it, and I would have lost that money. He had nothing to do. Even his evil lair kind of reminded me of something from uh, Quantum of Solace. So when looking at all of Bond's villains, he's not memorable at all. Very throwaway Bond villain. All right, Lashana Lynch as the new 007. She was nothing to get worked up over. I don't know if you guys remember uh, leading up to the release of No Time to Die... Everybody was scared that Bond was going woke. All right, everyone was worried that she was taking over for James Bond. She was nothing to get worked up over. Barely a side note. Seriously, nothing to get worked up over. Completely forgettable character. Anna Diarmas. She played a CIA agent that helps Bond. And I thought she would have a bigger part. She's a rising star. But no, she had nothing to do here. She's in one scene and done. I think she would have made a awesome Bond girl, but she's wasted as a bubbly CIA agent who has maybe a 10 minute scene and she's done completely just a waste of Anna Diarmas. Christoph Waltz, he returns as Bond's arch enemy Blofeld. He was wasted in the last movie. Spectre was a, just a complete waste of time. Here it just seems like they had to give him some closure. So they give him one scene and then they kill him off. End of Blowfield. Blowfield was done so poorly in this entire franchise. If you're going to connect all these movies, Blowfield should be the centerpiece to the entire franchise. Like, this is a dream role for an actor. But he came off, Blowfield came off as an afterthought. Completely wasted Blowfield Inspector. Completely wasted him here. Very forgettable. And Blowfield should not be forgettable. Like, it's James Bond's arch enemy. He should not be forgettable, but he was. Uh, let's see. And then the rest of this, I'm looking at the cast list on IMDb. Everyone else does their part. You know, I don't have anything else to say about the rest of the cast. Nothing worth mentioning anyway. Ralph Fiennes does his thing. He's great as usual. Jeffrey Wright does his thing. I like seeing him in this franchise, but, you know, nothing really to do. Um, the rest of the cast is what you would expect from a Bond movie. So those are my positives and my negatives. So if I can sum it up for you guys, I thought No Time to Die is boring. It has a lackluster villain. It's way too long. It's way too long, especially for the plot. I didn't give a shit about this plot. Very boring. Um, it does a few things right. But overall, I was not a fan of this movie. I'm glad that this version of Bond is done and we can move on to the next version, whatever that looks like. Let's just make James Bond fun again. All right, guys, those are my quick thoughts. I hope you enjoyed this quickie as much as I did. Let me know if you agree or disagree in the comment section of this episode. What's your opinion? Did you enjoy No Time to Die? Are you looking forward to the next Bond? Anyway, guys, let me know what you think. Thanks for going on this adventure with me. You can find me on adventuresinvideoland.com. I'm on Instagram, but the conversation always begins and ends on Facebook. You've been listening to Criticism in its finest hour. Until next time, my good people, peace out. Yeah.